Welcome to the Self Within Podcast, where we will look to ancient traditions and modern insights to seek guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to help us reconnect with our true selves. Join me, your host, as we explore various topics from mindfulness and meditation to energy healing, astrology, and much more. We'll hear from experts and everyday individuals to explore the connections that exist between mind, body, and spirit, and how we can use them for personal growth. To learn more about how to work with me, visit nunatherapy.com or follow me on social media at nunatherapy. Hi, everyone. Welcome. In today's episode of The Self Within, I am so happy to be joined by a friend of mine, Jaylene Rebecca of Elemental Frequencies. And Jaylene is an Antahai quantum Reiki instructor, a shaman, meditation teacher, and spiritual coach. And her and I actually met studying Antahai and I have since had a few healing sessions with her and she is just amazing. And so I'm happy that her and I can chat more about self-discovery because I think we've both gone through our different journeys and we're obviously still in them and personal development is really this lifelong process. So welcome, Jaylene. Hi, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to dive into this topic with you today because I think so many of us go on this journey of self-discovery and there's so many stigmas and expectations of what it's supposed to look like. And then it can really hit you in the face, right? So I really want to spend today normalizing some of these experiences and being vulnerable and talking about what that can really look like. But at the same time, it's such an individual journey. So it's one that is so beautiful and I'm excited to inspire people today with it. Yes. And I love that you just started off by talking about stigmas because it's definitely not one of the things that we will openly talk about. I think there's this very idealized view of a self-discovery journey. I think you have this end goal in mind, which is finding your purpose, finding your dharma, right? That's what we hear is the end goal. But let's talk a little bit more about the stigmas here and the vulnerabilities that are going to happen, because that's like where it gets real and where it gets challenging and where people can oftentimes be like, I I'm not ready for this now. Mm -hmm. Or like, I had no idea that this is what was going to come up for me. Yeah. So what's the experience been like for you or, or what are the, some of the stigmas that have come up for you? Yeah, I think that there's definitely a stigma about, I'll call it rainbows and sunshine, like everything is light and airy and is meant to be this peaceful, enlightening time. And I'm not saying that it's not, but we have to be willing to look at the darkness because one cannot exist without the other. We have to be able to really witness ourselves, accept some of the darker aspects of ourselves that maybe we have repressed in order to be able to come into that peaceful mindset that comes with the enlightening process, so to speak. But for so many of us, we don't really expect it. And that's something that we don't talk about, which is the shadow work aspect of it. And I think that's really important for everyone who is going on the spiritual journey to completely be aware of is we have to be able to look within and accept every piece of ourselves. A lot of times what prompts us to get into a self-discovery or spiritual journey and awakening is because we've reached a point in our life when we are completely unhappy. We are mm. unsatisfied. We have reached the lowest of the low. We are like hitting rock bottom for some of us. And that's really what prompts the something has to change. I don't know what, but for sure it has to change. And the other thing is a lot of times we don't even realize we've begun a self-discovery journey. At least that's what it was for me. Like I knew I was going through my own turmoil, but mm-hmm. I had no idea that I was even on a path at all. The only thing I knew was I need to fix this. I need to find a solution somehow And you're literally grasping at straws because you're like, I don't know where to start. 
I don't know what the Mm -hmm. next best thing is. And in the beginning, it's challenging because you're really just (laughs) latching on to whatever you can, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. it's therapy. Maybe you're just trying to avoid completely the feelings that Mm -hmm. are coming up and you can do that with so many different things, alcohol, TV, whatever. (laughs) But yeah, it takes a little bit to even get yourself to realize, okay, uh, I need to start making changes in my life for, for things to move in a different direction. Totally. And you just said so many things that just pinged for me, but the first one was you didn't even know you were on your journey. Um, And I think for so many of us, we're always on the journey of self-discovery, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. And in the world that we live in today with so many distractions, it's easy to just turn a blind eye to everything that's coming up and just numb out. And I think that for a while that might work, but then there's this empty feeling of I've seen this all, seen all the shows, I've drank all the liquor that there is, and I want something else. And then that's when we start getting into the process of actually consciously being aware of there's got to be something more here. What else can I discover? Especially when we went through the experience of COVID, when we were isolated with ourselves, I think that was a catalyst for so many people because everything just got boring and it was like, there has to be something more. So we all ended up turning within and now we're seeing the spiritual journey season. And it's really important to be aware of the fact that A, we're all in this together, but It is an individual journey and we need to begin to recognize the pieces within us that are already speaking to us. What are the themes that are constantly coming up that want to be looked at so that we can shift those and then we can have lighter experiences? Yes. And I love that you're talking about themes because a lot of times we don't even see them as themes Mm -hmm. because a lot of times when themes come up, it's very often like, why does this keep happening to me? And just shifting that to why is this happening for me? And Mm -hmm. the four is really because the universe is literally trying to scream at you like, well, you haven't listened the like last 10 times that it happened. So we're doing it in another way, in different people, in Mm -hmm. different experiences. And it, it feels a little different, but it's actually the same exact story that's coming up for you. Totally. And then the other aspect of it is it intensifies. When you're not willing to listen to it, it will eventually blow up in your face. And I can say that from personal experience, because I used to be one of those people that would hold onto things for so long, grasping at that aspect of control, because I needed to feel that control for safety reasons. And I wouldn't let things naturally break down. And sometimes breaking things down and destruction is important because that leaves room for new creation, right? So when something is naturally breaking down and you're grasping at straws, holding onto it, you're not giving it any choice but to explode in your face and to intensify. So when it's the 10th, 20th time in that you're not listening to this thing, it is going to explode on you. So we can either make the choice to witness our themes, witness what is ready to break down, be authentic with it, accept it, and see it as working for us, like you mentioned. Or we can just sit back, ignore it until it explodes in our face and becomes a really traumatic experience. But I think the important piece in this is the recognition and the power that is behind our choice. And when we step into that and really witness our themes and begin working with the things that are beginning to break down, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. And I would say for people that are listening, if you're able to catch it early and you're like, okay, this is a theme, something needs to change. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But if it gets to the point where that explosion does happen to you, don't take that as defeat. Because Mm -hmm. I think even in that traumatic experience, there is always the opportunity to use that for shifting. And I've been in that place Mm -hmm. where the theme kept coming up for me. I actually thought I had put it past me. It had been years. I'm like, okay, 
I've seen a therapist. I, I thought I did the work on it. Mm-hmm. But then something happened in my life that triggered this feeling that actually wasn't fully processed. And so I went back into a pattern that I had when I was in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. It sounded so silly in my late thirties now. And I'm like, why am I acting this way? And I almost had to do like a zoom out and see myself from mm-hmm. like a distance. It's like, who is this person? I don't even recognize her. And it caused shame. It caused guilt because mm-hmm. I, I feel like at this point in my life, I feel like I should be past this. But in that experience, I realized I actually still need to do work on this part to mm-hmm. I need to be grateful because the traumatic experience has allowed me to really just see things from a completely different light and appreciate mm-hmm. what I have. Sometimes these things go really deep. They go really deep into a cellular level. And just touching on anti-high a little bit, because anti-high quantum Reiki that we both experienced and both learned together, that goes into a cellular level. So when we have some of these themes come up, they go way deeper than we think. They're ingrained into our bodies. So while it's amazing to look at some of these things and think that we're dealing with themes, it's important not to take it as defeat if things keep coming up later, because we need to begin to look at those things as the next opportunity to shift deeper. Maybe we weren't ready for the entire wave of things to come through the first time we dealt with it, because that could have thrown us into turmoil, into defeat, into a place where it was just utter darkness, where it was more difficult to come out. Maybe these things needed to come up layers at a time. So it's important to recognize in that aspect that things can be very deep and the other thing is we go through seasons in our lives and it goes into themes too so if a traumatic event happens in the summer of 1992 for example perhaps 20 years later in the summer the cosmic alignment is the same for those themes to come up again so It's not even about the fact that, oh, I thought I was over this, but we have to begin zooming out to a grand scale in the cosmos as well to understand the cosmic influence of what's happening, like in the celestial bodies and how that begins to influence our experience, our feelings, how that begins to bring up maybe things that we've regressed or maybe things that we thought we dealt with. Because now we're in a different season of our lives where we can begin to perceive everything differently. So I think it's important not to get caught up in the, oh, I should be past this. I could have done this better, etc. And just accept our experience that's coming up and be willing to work with it because it's there for a reason. It's not there for us to get caught up in. That, that's not why we exist fundamentally as a species. We're here to evolve. So when we shift our perception into continually evolving and being willing to witness what's coming up, just be the observer and be like, hey, I see you. Okay, now what am I going to do? I have a choice here. Then we can empower ourselves. I completely agree with you with timing and when things are meant to happen or supposed to happen or the right things come to you when you're ready for them or Mm -hmm. when you're prepared to handle them. And yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. Maybe you weren't past it, but that's just because the timing wasn't right. And now is the timing to finish what it is that you started. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that you said that because I think it's completely true. The other thing with self-discovery is just vulnerability and really allowing yourself to be vulnerable. And that is hard for some people. I, I met a client this week who had said to me, it's really difficult for her to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. to get your emotions out. And I think if you're in a place where vulnerability is difficult, and I think for many of us, it is just because we do grow up in a, in a world where it's not okay to truly show our feelings or mm-hmm. being asked not to cry or not to feel anger or sadness or whatever it is. So just be prepared for that because a lot of that does come up and it might come up in ways that 
you're not expecting in ways mm-hmm. that are maybe negative. They're not always the the prettiest sides of us. Mm-hmm. But what is vulnerability like for you, especially through the self-discovery process? Yeah, I think there's a lot of pieces, like societal pieces that we have to begin to break down in order to truly be vulnerable, in order to truly see ourselves. And I think that's one of the biggest first steps that anybody can take on their self-discovery journey is being willing to look at themselves and be vulnerable with other people and open up and communicate. Because like you mentioned, when the world that we grow up in, in the society that we live in, being vulnerable and showing emotions is sometimes looked down upon and seen as a weakness when in fact, the person who can actually express their emotions and get it out and process them isn't holding on to them. That's a strong person because they're leaving space for new energy to come into their body instead of repressing all of these negatively charged emotions. So my process with vulnerability has first and foremost been allowing myself to be vulnerable, allowing myself to feel my feelings, to accept my feelings, but then also move on from them because it's so easy to have a negative emotion and be like, I don't want to feel that this is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and just push it away. But when we push it away, we push it inside. So I think my first step was really allowing all of those vulnerable emotions to come out. And sometimes that's having a really good cry, screaming into a pillow, Mm -hmm. (laughs) normalizing some of these things, getting out in nature, meditating, And just really being in a place where you can connect with yourself. That was my first step in being vulnerable. And my really first step in my spiritual journey. Because until I was willing to do that, nothing was working for me. I had to look within. Yeah. And I would say for people that are listening path, every journey is going to be different. And all of the different activities that you end up taking up to get you through certain things are going to be unique to you. I remember at some point when I was figuring out the self-discovery thing, my husband had said to me, "Um, you know, why don't you just start taking classes based on things that you like, or why don't you just start finding topics that you really like and, and get into them? And it was the simplest thing if I really think about it, but it really allowed me to say to myself, and this was after having two kids at that point. And once you're a mom, you you put all of your interests to the side because it's really all about (laughs) the little people that you're trying to raise. So it seemed like such a foreign idea, but at the same time, I was like, oh yeah, I totally should be doing that. And it wasn't just go take an exercise class here and there to distract yourself and get your mind off Mm -hmm. of things, but actually invest time in something that you enjoy. And so for me, that's what really got me into astrology. That's what got me into Reiki. It was this like Mm -hmm. curiosity. And then that just opened so many more doors and it spurred this intense desire to keep learning, to keep Mm -hmm. growing. And then now I find myself here where I am today. But so for every person, it's going to be different. And wherever you are on your journey, if you're just starting, Mm -hmm. if you're somewhere in the middle, if you're, if you've stopped for a while, because that's what happens. Sometimes we also need a bit of a break. Maybe we're not as active when it comes to getting emotional and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Totally. And what you mentioned about it being such an individual journey, it's so true. We have to honor ourselves and you know what it is that you want to do, what you want to discover. Ask yourself those questions. What? Is, where is it that I want to go? What is it that I want to do? And I would encourage others to try to make that daily commitment because that's where everything really unlocks. It's This is a lifestyle. It's not a, oh, it's a full moon, so I'm going to pick up my crystals and charge them and just have that one once a month commitment. Like, hey, yes, that's effort. And that's great that you're connecting in that way, but it goes deeper than that. It's an everyday journey. It's an everyday commitment. And even if you can wake up for the first five minutes of every day and just be grateful for that day, 
invite in the the energy of the day, the vitality of waking up, the gratitude of just being alive. That's a commitment that you can make every day and it's five minutes and you can build from there. So we have it in our heads of how this journey should look like and you know what it should be and that we have to have all these rituals and I think that's where I really got stuck. I really got stuck at the beginning of my journey because I was like, oh, I have to be doing a tarot reading every single morning to know what my day is going to look like. And then I have to go on a walk because a walk has to ground me. And it just became so limiting. And I'm the person that like, I can't have routine like that because it gets boring and I don't want to do it. And then so I'm the one who dropped off. But then I realized, I'm like, no, I need spontaneity in my day. I need to practice these different things every day. I need to connect with myself every day. But it doesn't have to look the same. It doesn't have to have the same time commitment every single day. So you really have to work with yourself authentically in order to come into a place where it's fun. It should be fun. I'm not saying there's not difficult moments. And I'm now at the place where it's like something explodes in my face. I get excited because I know I'm like, this is my breakthrough. Yeah, this is my next level coming through. And I'm excited to look at it. So it's all about looking at it differently. I love that. Now, anytime I, next time I have an explosion, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> I love that. We should totally do that more often, like breakthrough celebration parties. Um, Totally. But I just love so many of the things that you said, especially the lifestyle thing. And that's one of the things that I think we also learned in with Onto High and just with learning quantum Reiki. With lifestyle, it can also be your mindset, right? And you talked Mm -hmm. about gratitude, but you could have your thoughts running in the back of your mind. I think actions are great if you can take them. And I would totally encourage people that are listening, create a schedule for yourself, like really create those moments in your day that are completely non-negotiable, that are yours Mm -hmm. just for yourself to do whatever it is that you've decided you want to focus on, because that's what's needed for you. But at the same time, when those activities can't necessarily happen, it is about the thoughts that are going on in your head. And those are ones that you completely control. Those are mm-hmm. the ones that allow that lifestyle change to truly happen. And I love what you said about being overwhelmed, because I, I think there is this misconception that there, there's a prescribed way of being, of living. Mm-hmm. There's like everyone that's on a spiritual or self-discovery journey is doing yoga and meditating for hours and hours (laughs) at a time. (laughs) And that's not the case. And it's really up to what resonates with you and what's Mm -hmm. important with you. And I would also say, be flexible with yourself because it is trial and error in some way where Mm -hmm. you may try something and you're like, oh, I really thought I was going to like this, but you've given it like, a try for about a month and you're like, oh, it's not really doing it for me. Mm -hmm. Great. You literally just cross something off your list and you're like, I'm not visiting that for a while. And I say for a while because it may come back. (laughs) I think we change right every seven years or so, but our, our interests and our likes change. And so what doesn't work for you now may come back later. Maybe it doesn't come back at all. Or the things that we used to like might be things we don't like anymore. So we're, we're constantly evolving. Totally. And you spoke about those non-negotiable moments. And I just want to point out to everybody, like you shower, maybe not all of us shower every day, but every other day for sure. That can be a mindful moment. How many of us have a shower and we're somewhere else thinking about everything that we have to do instead of actually taking that moment, absorbing the just you know, the nourishment of that shower and just being absolutely present in that moment. That is spiritual. Like we need to redefine our understanding of spirituality. And sometimes for me, the only moment that I have in my day is the last 15 minutes before bed where I'm winding down. Sometimes all I have is working in my dreamscape because we can all do that. 
you can set your intentions before you go to bed to work on whatever spiritual stuff you want to in your dreamscape. And that's a form of work as well in the spiritual realm. So I think we need to really expand our definition of all these things that we should be doing, could be doing, etc. And stop looking outside of yourself for either a validation or how you should be going about your spiritual journey. And that doesn't mean that you can't have mentors along the way. Like Annabelle and I, like we have Master Antohai, but he has always been the person that is like not your guru. I'm your equal. I've just have more experience. He's never told us how we have to do things. And that is what you need in an actual leader. Anybody who's telling you a prescription of do this, 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 in this exact order at this time of the month, et cetera, like that maybe that worked for them. But if you're not getting anywhere, it's because it's not for you. It's because it doesn't feel authentic. You need to integrate things into your life in a way that feels good for you. And any good leader, spiritual coach knows that they have to empower you. So if you are out there and you are looking for somebody to guide you, that is what you need to look for. Somebody who's going to empower you to find your own authenticity. I couldn't agree with that more for sure. And I think, and you're going to have different experiences with different teachers and mentors, and that's part of the process. I also wanted to talk a little bit about being or getting overwhelmed when we set goals for ourselves. And I guess this goes back a little bit to should have, could have, would have, but we set these milestones for ourselves, right? By next year, I want to be X, or if we think Mm -hmm. about the new year. And so we're setting these like big goals and aspirations for ourselves. And then a few weeks later, we, we fall off. We're like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. I would say really give yourself the permission to not necessarily, it's great to have those goals, especially if that works better for you. But I would say with self-discovery in general and finding your kind of awakening, that's not really prescribed, or I would say Mm -hmm. it shouldn't necessarily be prescribed. The one thing that I did at the beginning of the year, instead of doing this whole goal thing, I set mantras for myself. And so for the year, I tried to live by specific mantras versus Mm -hmm. I'm going to do X goal by X date. And for me, that just allowed so much more flexibility in my life. And I have them on my phone. Like one of them was self-care and I did a whole month on self-care for myself. And so I never felt pressure where with goals, we feel pressure. And then you say to yourself like, oh, I I didn't do it today. Or, oh, you already start to feel that like failure sink in. Mm -hmm. And then that's where you dip. You're like, I'm done. I'm out. Right. Yeah, totally. No, I love how open you kept it. And that was like, when you brought up the overwhelm of goals, that was like the main thing that I wanted to drive home too, is the fact like, okay, so we have all of these goals, these things that we want to create, but We need to go about creating them differently. If you're a person who thrives under pressure, which like to some degree, I don't think that authentically any human being thrives completely under pressure because while pressure is good, it also brings in anxiety. And I think that anxiety is something that really limits us. But setting that aspect aside for a moment Having the pressure of a goal and then feeling like crap when we miss the day, we don't do that thing, that just creates this negative cycle. Whereas you have left it open to just being like, I want to take care of myself this year. That's awesome because that can be different every day. It could be some days if you're really feeling sluggish and you're not feeling well, that self-care can be getting up and having a shower. That self-care could be having a bath. You can really redefine what it is that you're doing for yourself and you can still feel good about it. So I don't ever prescribe myself goals and timelines because I think that they're so limiting because you either don't make the deadline or you don't leave yourself room to adapt. 
Sometimes we drop off on goals because they were never authentic with us in the first place. They were never where we were meant to go. Maybe instead of losing 20 pounds, we just needed to love ourselves more. It, it just looks different for everyone. Maybe we need to adjust along the way. So by leaving those goals and calling them mantras, for example, and having that broadness available, that can be so much more expansive. And the other part of it is we set this goal that we want to do X, Y, Z by this time next year. It's limiting because maybe we'll go further than our goal or maybe our goal is going to change. So I don't ever prescribe myself goals like that or timelines because everything changes. Change is the only constant in the universe. So how could we ever lay something so specific out to have done in this X amount of time when that just doesn't happen? That's not the natural laws of the universe. One of the things that you said about the goals piece, the example of losing 20 pounds, and maybe it was just to love yourself behind every goal there is a feeling Mm -hmm. we want to feel a particular thing and so if our goal is to make more money or to have a better job i would really challenge people to think about what is the feeling that you're actually chasing Mm -hmm. with money maybe the feeling could be success or with uh, a, a job change maybe the feeling is a sense of security And I think that's one thing that we don't really think about. We just think about the materialistic thing at the end of it. But yeah, they're all feelings that go, that are at the core of what we actually want. And if you can really crystal clear, describe that feeling, that is a huge step to unlock other things, right? Mm -hmm. If your feeling is feeling loved or success or something else, you can really start to peel back the onion. Okay, but what does that actually mean for me? Or where does mm-hmm. it actually come from? Why is that the thing that I'm actually looking for? And then it, it causes these triggers, right? And that I think could be a really great step for people that maybe are just starting out or really are on any part of their journey mm-hmm. to peel back some layers. Totally. And you just completely dived into a topic that I've actually written on, and that is subconscious programming. And we have to be very careful when we set our goals, because like you said, there's a feeling underneath everything. So you talked about, I want to have more money as one of the goals. But when we peel back the layers of that onion, and then you get to a feeling of fear behind the need for more money, and because it's coming from a lack of maybe in childhood, you grew up either with not a lot of money, or maybe you were just always given the speech of saving for a rainy day that was passed down generationally, maybe from grandparents who lived through famines. When we set our goals in that way of, I want more money, but it comes from a lack mindset of not having enough, that is actually completely counterintuitive and you will never meet your goal. So that is why it's so important. And I appreciate you bringing this up so much, Annabelle, because we really have to look at where are our goals coming from? Do we want more money? Because we have a love for creating, we have a love for donating and bringing more joy into the world through the use of money? Or are we just scared as shit of not having enough? Because then it that goes into the law of attraction of, okay, so I have this lack mindset of not having enough money. That's the, the fundamental root cause of the school. I'm never going to meet the school because that energy of lack is supporting the entire structure. So we really have to shift it and be like, okay, when I'm creating my goals, What is something that I love? What is something that I'm passionate about? What is something that I want to genuinely create more of through the frequency of love? And then when you create your goals like that is going to trigger love to be the foundation of whatever it is that you're creating. 
and you'll be able to create more with that. So I think that's where a lot of us get stuck in our goals is we're creating goals from a lack mindset and that lack mindset will never support us no matter how we go about it. That is, that's so huge. And I think with the love piece, with the goal, when it's created from a foundation of love, there is abundance on the other end, not just for yourself, but for Mm -hmm. others. And I think that also helps to amplify the goal so that it can get manifested and that it Mm -hmm. can become reality. As you said, if we are already limiting ourselves because we're coming from a place of fear, then Mm -hmm. those goals are not really going to happen. We're going to keep bumping up against them. And at the end of the day, we're going to keep getting frustrated because Mm -hmm. why does this not happen to me? And that's when we start to blame the universe and all these other people around us, right? We don't take the responsibility because it's so much easier. But I think with whatever goal it is that we want to have or want to create at the end of the day, it goes back to something you said earlier on, which is we're all in this together. And while it benefits us in the long run, it also benefits the other people that are around us that are in our lives. Because the one thing that I've learned through my journey of self-discovery is the more that I got better, the more I started to understand myself, Mm -hmm. it started to impact all of the people in my life in a positive way. Yeah. It was like this reciprocal domino effect. To be honest, I didn't even realize that that was going to happen because it is a little bit like, it's all about me. It's all about the self. And then later on you realize, oh, but the other people in my life are benefiting from it too. Mm -hmm. And that then just prompted me to want to keep doing this more and more, not just for me, but I feel like it is going to not just impact today's generation, but also future generations, right? Because Mm -hmm. it is this like expansive change of mindset altogether. Totally, because there's intergenerational trauma and there's intergenerational strength. So everything that we work on, everything that we shift, everything that we heal, we pass our strengths on down our ancestral line and quite frankly, back upwards too, because as we've learned, time and space are an illusion. Mm -hmm. Putting that aside for a moment, you touched on something really important that I just want to emphasize and... Going into like back into the money mindset of, okay, so I want to create more money. Like I mentioned earlier, do I want this from love? But the thing of that is, is when we begin to like donations, for example, when we begin to hand out a donation because, oh, it's good karma and it's going to come back to me, counterintuitive. Because then suddenly we are entering a bargain system of, oh, I'm only giving because I want to receive. Whereas we have to act selflessly, as you were talking about, I'm doing this for me, for my love, for my creation. And then you witnessed how that spiraled out into your reality. That's how we really have to truly authentically create this vision that we're creating, not creating simply and giving out because, oh, it's going to come back to me in tenfold and I'm going to be abundant. Yeah, it will, but you have to do it from the right mindset. You can't do it simply because it's going to come back to me because that taps into the frequency of selfishness. So you really have to analyze why am I making this choice? Why am I doing this? Am I expecting anything out of it? Or am I simply doing it because I love? Am I simply donating to this cause to help children because I want to see them thrive? Because I want to see the the planet thrive, etc. Whatever it may be that you are donating your time, your cause, your money into, why are you doing that? What it, Are you expecting anything out of it? Or are you doing it again simply from the frequency of love? We need to be doing everything from the frequency of love when we're talking about manifesting simply for the pure joy of it because we want to yeah that's true but i would say even the process of self-discovery that is also an act of love it's an Mm -hmm. act of love to yourself and if you can also do that with love in mind for you Mm -hmm. then that's also going to be a positive journey for yourself. And I think as we've 
touched upon multiple times now, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, right? It's not always going to be easy. But at the end of the day, it's making sure that you're the one that loves yourself, that that will essentially help to make the process a little bit easier. Because in those times when you're really just not feeling it and you're really Mm -hmm. low, I think that the one person that's going to pull you out is you. A hundred percent. And I think it's important to recognize, you know, while we're talking about all these things and maybe we make it sound easy because talk is talk and walk is walk, but it's a step-by-step process and we have to allow ourselves room to pivot, to change, to adjust, to recognize. And sometimes we may not recognize some of these things until maybe a week or a month has passed, but it's about taking those moments of self-reflection and being like, oh, I see that now and I have this awareness now. And next time that this thing comes up, I have this in the back of my head so that I know what's happening in this theme that I'm going through so that next time maybe I can make a change or an adjustment or maybe next time happens and you still go into the same old cycle because we're human it happens but you'll recognize it sooner you can go back into that situation and take accountability and really say I had a minute to think about this and I actually don't align with this choice that I've made I'd like to pivot I'd like to adjust allowing yourself room and freedom and vulnerability to change your mind to adjust to pivot is extremely important in this process and that can be something that supports you as well in this journey just allowing yourself the freedom to change your mind and for me one of the biggest things that has been coming up is when I'm at those low points I can either allow that to consume my entire day Or I can take a pause, take a breather, go for a walk, whatever it is that I need, and I can choose to let it go because it is no matter what, it is not worth ruining my day. Mm. It's not worth dragging me down. And I think that's the biggest step too is giving yourself permission to let go. Even if you think the other person's wrong or something wasn't fair, the universe is against you, do you really want to sit there and stew all day? Do you want to feel better? Do you want to move on? Yeah. And I think with, do you think the other person was wrong or not? It just made me think of one of the realities of self-discovery is that along with letting go, you might need to let go of certain people in your life as well. Mm -hmm. There is this process of just shedding. I can imagine like you're wearing multiple, multiple layers of clothing and all of this clothing is protection. It's like Mm -hmm. you're wearing armor. And through this process, you start peeling off these layers of clothing that you just, you realize they're so heavy. Mm -hmm. They're like weighing you down. You don't need them anymore. And you start feeling lighter. And a part of that is also letting go of certain people, certain Mm -hmm. things in your life that are trying to keep that old layer intact. Because while change might be positive for you because you're the one that's going through it and you're like yeah I I can see where this is going and it's starting to feel good and I think this is the right thing right Mm -hmm. my gut's telling me it's the right thing but the other people that really know you that are closest to you they want to hold on to that old version Mm -hmm. because it's comfortable it's safe it's what they know and what they're used to and all of a sudden there's this new person that's being presented to them and they are scared as shit. They're like, what is going on? All of the things that were working for me now are not working. Like I can't have that happen. And I'm going to do everything I can to try to like make (laughs) make sure that they stay the way that they are. I have actually someone that said that to me, right? It's like all the people in my life don't want this change to happen. And it's really causing me to doubt whether I'm even doing the right thing. And so Doubt is definitely going to come up, but I would say in those moments when there's doubt and the doubt comes from an external factor, it's a, it's like Mm -hmm. a a person or a friend really consider if it's them or if it's you, because if it's them, if it's coming from a fear that they have, 
then you're on the right track. I would say like stick to Mm -hmm. your gut, your intuition and what it's telling you. And it's going to cause rifts, but you're doing what's best for you. People come into our life for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. And I, I love that saying because some people are with you for a season and then and then we move on. Mm-hmm. And it's about appreciating that season and then moving on, like you said. Going back to the layers of clothing, sometimes that clothing isn't even ours. Sometimes mm-hmm. we picked yes. it up from someone else and we threw it on like it's ours. And depending upon the people that you hang around, you will pick up on beliefs that you suddenly think are yours, but they're not actually. You're melding into a person that you're not. And then that can be really confusing for some people because then they're like, they don't even know who they are anymore. They're turning into somebody that they're not. And then when it comes time for that relationship to break down, they hold on to it so bad because they don't know who they are without that relationship, without that fake form that they have developed. And a lot of people are afraid of losing people. But what I will say is when you honor that and when you allow that to break down, and you just spend time with yourself discovering who you are, oh gosh, how impactful that is. I will be the first one to say during COVID, I entirely broke down like every single one of my relationships because I needed to. I needed to discover who I was outside of the influence of anybody. And that was so empowering for me. Honestly, I didn't have a single friendship and I was totally empowered and okay that can be really hard to step into for some people. It can be really hard to accept. There were times where I was just like, oh, I wish I had a friend, but I had to become my own friend. I had to become my own friend first to define who it is that I actually wanted in my life and have those quality relationships. And then you'll have the people who are constant in your life, for example, family. They may or may not see the changes that you were developing. They may or may not believe them. Sometimes it'll take consistency. I've been on this journey for several years now. And just the other day, my brother told my husband when they were out, oh, she's coming over with mom for dinner one night and I'm going to make them supper. My husband's like, ah, I think that they're bringing you supper. And he's like, oh, you know how those women get when they have something in their head. Okay, maybe the old me would have been persistent on being the one to serve my brother because we're coming over to his house. But I'm like, you want to cook for me? Great, I don't give a damn. But he has it in his head of who I used to be. And I'm not that person anymore. Because he hasn't seen me consistently enough in this new version of myself to truly accept it. But that's where it comes down to me. I don't need to prove anything to him. I don't need to prove to him who I am and just show up as me. You want to cook for me? Great. I'm chill. I'm good. Yeah, I love that you talked about family because I think that is where a lot of times we have these just these old stories, these old views, these old perceptions that are just, we carry them. And although we've moved out of the house, we have our own life. Yes, we see family on holidays, or maybe we see them even more often, but they still think of you as the little brother or the daughter or the whoever, right? You play a character essentially in their mind and in their life. And you're like, I've completely gotten a new role. I'm not the 12 year old version of me. So yeah, it does take time. I think with family, especially if we don't see them that often. And it's totally true that it's so hard to present the new version of us and have people respect the new version of us Mm -hmm. as well. And I would say in those instances, it's so important to really be firm and to stand your ground. If it's something that is clashing with your new way of life. That's where some of those uncomfortable conversations have to happen. And the, the boundaries need to be set to really make sure that others know, look, that might've been what the old version of me would have been okay with, but this one isn't. And Mm -hmm. either you take it or you leave it. Totally. And it's about defining where those boundaries are. Like there are certain things that are definitely non-negotiable that it's just, no, I will not accept this anymore. But then it's also like, am I just willing to let this go? Because do I need to prove anything to my brother? No, I don't. I can just be me. And when you really step out of having to prove who you are, that I'm this new evolved person, like 
you can actually end up going backwards and people are like, okay, who are you? So it's really about choosing your battles and where you want to prove yourself and deciding what your non-negotiables are and being willing to walk away from a fight because you don't have to fight. Sometimes you don't even have to respond. No response is a powerful response. And it's not being chicken. It's not being aloof or anything like that. It's simply like, this is my energy and I am not willing to negotiate it for something that is so petty, something that I don't need to prove myself on. I know who I am and I don't need to prove it to anybody. And then it's like that mindset change alone, letting go of all of those fights that you don't have to have anymore. It's a release. It's a weight off of your shoulder. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about so much. We could keep going on and on about self-discovery because I think it truly is a unique journey that every single person can go on if they are uh, wanting to. And I think these are just some of the insights and learnings that we've gotten from our mm-hmm. own journeys. These are some of the um, misconceptions and pitfalls that we've come across and we've overcome. So any parting words or any final words from you, Jaylene? I think my parting words are just be authentic with yourself. Do what feels right. And you know what feels right. If you have emotional turmoil in your gut that is trying to force you into doing something, really evaluate where that is coming from and ask the questions about why until you get to something that feels like a solid root cause. Because often we'll find that what we think is happening isn't actually what's happening. Mm -hmm. This fight in front of our face is not actually the trigger. Something that happened in our childhood. Something that somebody told us. And then we can really empower ourselves to be in a place where it's like, okay, I see this for what it is. This person, this situation does not deserve the brunt of my emotional uproar that's happening within. And I can begin processing this. And then we can have that freedom. So just being willing to really witness ourselves on our journeys, where things are coming from, is a crucial first step. Doing what feels right to you, crucial first step, and not feeling guilty about it because it is not selfish to put yourself first. The only reason that stigma is in society today is because people are afraid to put themselves first. Letting that go. I think those are some of the biggest things we can do as first steps on our journey. So wise. (laughs) I love that. Yes. Just letting go of those stigmas. Well, thank you so much for joining. We we always have wonderful chats together. So <laughs> always so much fun to talk with you about self-discovery and all the other topics that we get into. Thank you so much, Jaylene. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in becoming a client and working with me, visit me at nunatherapy.com. Or follow me on social media at Nuna Therapy for regular content and inspiration. Until next time.